Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Hello, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Al Gore. I'm here with your co-host, Lance Psycho. How's it going? I've up- Lance, I'm, I'm gray I'm- hair, old man, Psycho. It's, it got a lot grayer after this development, didn't it? Hey, it actually did. It did. Because yeah, it, it used did. to be just the sides. Now it's the front, too. There's a, there's like a, it's a white like patch. A, what is, what's your tul- A skunk it's mark. A, it's a Tulsi. It's a Tulsi mark. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just I like just Tulsi where that. it's got the streak in it. I really. You've really, noticed like in that one location right there. It's it's my, I'm, 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 I like it. Are you collecting social security yet? Yeah. I, I'm one of the few millennials that will actually get social security. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, first off, if you aren't collecting social security, you might want to get some deals on some Dells. If you're going to do that, go to dell.com forward slash inside the firm. I'm super excited about this. I'll tell you about what you're going to get in a little bit, but we are getting a Dell 75 inch touchscreen. We'll let you know how that goes. We're going to surprise all of our clients with it because they're used to just seeing TV screens and we have our little mouses, but we're going to be able to touch it. They said you can, four people can touch the same thing at once and it will know what's going on. What How I want to do is, is yeah, I don't even, I haven't even told Alice, but I'm gonna tell you guys. What I would like to do is, I would like to put together a little demo once we get it, and show uh, everybody in the entree architect community, maybe the business of architecture too, uh, and then we'll we'll post it on inside the firm as a demo and show you like this is how Dude. you guys you guys everybody should everybody should get one of these because this is this is the way to present uh, present your projects instead of drawings instead of like hard copies. But our our printer went out today. Or yesterday. I hate our printer. We need to shoot that sucker. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> Printing, uh, our printer meaning the business we go to to get prints done. Gotcha. We do well, not, not, we do, we do not need to shoot that person. But our actual physical computer printer. But listen to this. Also, they gave us, well, I'll have to figure out what it is. But it's like a smart thing where you plug it in, Lance, and it hooks up to our Wi-Fi. So everyone's computer can just cast to it. Wow. And then. Exciting. You know what else we need to do? We need to, once we get all that set up, we need to do a walkthrough. We'll have Bill film us and give a tour of inside the firm. We'll put it on inside the firm. We'll put it on our website just to show people and then have something like on the screen. Yeah. And just like work with it as we're going through. Yeah. And then we have to do it after we get our rooftop furniture too. I agree. So with the girl and the whatnot, I was going somewhere with this. And that was, if you want to save Dell's always running deals, but on top of those deals, you can get an additional 8% off. So go to dell.com forward slash inside the firm. You click on the little button. It, you put your email in. You get the coupon code. You rock. If you want, uh, if you call, if you ever order a call, you can call them. And if you're speaking with a uh, representative, you can use our member ID. That's how you get 8% off. And it's 5300-1570-4759. That's it. There you have it, ladies and gents. Yeah. Did you know we're already months into 2020, Al? We are actually in quarter two. I don't know if you know that. I actually didn't. It's like, I feel like we're in month two, but also in month four at the same time. Yeah. It's been a weird, uh, it's been weird with the, with the quarantine and all the, all the craziness, right? 
Well, we are, and it's not too late to meet your goal of increasing your firm's productivity this year. ArcCat has the tools any size firm needs to complete to compete, whether it's using ArcCat's powerful search to find product data, downloading high-quality specs, getting the right BIM for your model, or using the patented Spec Wizard to configure a specification in minutes. Best of all, it's free to use and requires no registration. So check out ArcCat.com, that's A-R-C-A-T.com, and start building better content today. And if you want to build content, you better be building in Revit. Go to RevitRocketShip.com where you will go to the moon learning how to build Revit from us through our system with our templates. And there's also a VIP package if you want that. That includes more videos, more training, and more families that we've made in our firm. That's all I got, Lance. That's all I got. You know what I got? I got, oh, yeah. I got a question for you. Okay? I want to read, read, read you something. Okay? I want to read you something. So this is not me, right? This is someone else, okay? So I did a quick Google search for the term architect and got a whole bunch of advertisements like this one. Quote, architects, don't overpay for architects. Homeadvisor.com. Add www.homeadvisor, blah, 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 forward slash architects. You know what I also found? A, this is not me again. It's not Lance. It's just some some other person. You know what else? You know what I also found? A link to the Google AdSense policy violation. Uh, support.google.com forward slash AdSense forward slash contact forward slash violation underscore report. And it said, um, in New Jersey, where this person is, only licensed architects are permitted to you advertise the term architect. Feel free to report the ads to Google if you notice these unlicensed professionals in your area. What do you think about that? <laughs> that it came up in Google, the first part or the second part? The, that to report them? Yeah. Well, actually, yes. Let's compartmentalize this. Yes. The first part is that it came up in Google, right? So Home Advisor. So, so I, I just put an architect into Google and the first one was Home Advisor and it does say don't pay, don't overpay for architects. Yes. Don't overpay for architects, okay? What do you think of that part? Is uh, Here's a question. Going to um, is Home Advisor an architect? Home Advisor is not an architect. You know what Home Advisor Should we is? We report them <laughs> for using the term. Home Advisor is a like thumbtack. Yeah, they're like a thumbtack service. You know, they're like a they're just this other third party that then conglomerates the search results and targets them and all that. And then if you're a professional and you're signed up with Home Advisor, then you get leads. Yep. Right? Yep. That's gotcha. That's what they are, right? Um, what about the second part? So would you go, like, do you feel as a practicing architect, Al, yeah. that you feel, would you feel the need to report report this? I'm not a narc. So uh, unless... What if you, okay, keep so, going. So, uh, so I'll tell you this. I'm not out there looking, investigating, and reporting. If, if you are, you either don't have much to do or something psycho psychologically has damaged you to take that route. <laughs> yeah. Me and, and we could go into possible, we could conjecture all we want it to, right? And I don't even know if it's worth it. Maybe it is. I don't know. I would only report if, if like, let's say I'm in, in Longmont and all of a sudden, you know, like I find out about a, a two bit hack who's, who's using that, that name. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, they're, designs not no 
I don't care about the designs. Their plans are junk, they're unsafe, and they're using that term like, it would really have to come up on my radar to report. I'm not about. There would have to be something exactly that sort of scarred you before that, right? I think you've kind of already alluded to that in the sense that like something already hurt you, something already bit you. That's why you're, that's why you feel compelled to do it. Well, no, no, no. That's other people. Oh, other people. The only way I would bring it up is that if somehow it came across my attention that they were doing um, work that was like unsafe for the public while also using that term. Right. Yeah. But I wouldn't even report them. I, I, I mean, maybe, maybe that if it was like very nefarious, right. And you can tell that they're just being slime balls, but if they're just someone trying to make it and they, and it depends, like if they just use that word once in their whole description, because it's hard to say like, I design residential buildings, you know, then I'd say, Hey, you probably shouldn't use that term unless you're licensed. That's yeah. what, I mean, if it even came up, if yeah. it even came up. Yeah. You? Yeah. I think it's a waste of your time to be to go out there and start reporting all of this stuff, right? I think the better use of your time would be how do you cuz what it does is what what I will admit something like this does is it commoditizes the profession, right? So now and it already is a, it already is I guess it's not a commodity, it's a service, right? Yep. Uh and it you're and the more experienced you are in your service, I think the more value you bring to the project because you can hopefully, you know, an example would be like see problems before they get built, right? Or you, you have better details in your in your bank. You have you've you've done fifty group group homes and you're the world expert in group homes. Yeah. Tiny houses, whatever, right? And so there's a premium probably for your service at a certain point, especially when you become when you get put in high demand. So what I think your time is better spent doing is how do you separate your firm from being your, the everyday commodity, right? So that you can still command those fees so you don't give a shit about those Google searches whatsoever, right? right? So one thing I think you need to do is you need to, <clears throat> instead of being scared, being um, fearful of that techno- like that this technology and these Google searches are, com- are, are cornering architects and, and the corralling, corralling them into with all the other people who are maybe less expensive, right? And they'll do things on the cheap. Sure. You need to leverage that, right? So the quickest way is why aren't you after every single time you have a high point with a client and maybe it's at the, you've just submitted for permit. I've already talked about this before. You, they just finished their project. Um, they're, somehow they're very, very happy with you. Ask for that five-star review and leverage yourself so that you're not relying on the leads coming from like home advisor or whatever. And we use Thumbtack. We talk about it all the time, but we're, we are a five-star rated firm, Colorado's top rated firm from online, online reviews. Like we've leveraged that. So take advantage of it in that way. I think that's a more positive thing. Like then you're like, you're not even, you don't even, you don't care. Again, you, you don't give a shit. Also, I think you got to understand too, certain clients are looking for certain things, right? So there are home designers that are, that are, actually phenomenal at doing home yeah there's one north of us who is i mean world class world class so no no problem there what whatsoever doesn't even need to be an architect to do that and i don't think you should i honestly don't think you should to, not to, for a house to do a house right but anyways there's let's let's even do like commercial commercial level stuff right because sometimes uh, i think we're architects now so we don't we i don't know what the rules are exactly, but at least back in the days, you could do thirteen thousand square foot one story commercial building. I, th- I still think you can, right? 
So some clients are literally looking for, hey, we just want to put up a shop. That's it. Now, now think about yourself in your position. That's where, and they don't want any design. It's out in the boondocks, they whatever. They just right? need some place to put their boats. And you are a iPhone architect, right? And someone's looking for a flip phone, pay-by-month phone. Mm-hmm. Are you, do you want that client if you are an iPhone architect, right? Or, or is that other person meeting that need, right? So that's what I would say. I would agree with you and just know that like, man, it, there's probably different clientele for different reasons. What would be interesting, Lance, if you went to this home advisor site and you did, you filled out their little thing and are they only recommending architects? Because it'd be sneaky if they said, don't overpay for architects. And then you click on, you know, hey, you want an architect and it recommends non-architects. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that would be sneaky. Yeah. That would be sneaky at that point. Yeah. I agree. Then I might be like home advisor, class action lawsuit, AIA, (laughs) do your job. Yeah. Do your job, AIA. Do your job, AIA. Which leads me to my uh, surprise segment. What are, why aren't you doing your job, AIA? We, we are not part of the AIA. <laughs> what are they not doing? I love this. <laughs> well, Blindside attack. Punch. Well, so stuff like this really bugs me, right? Um, so they're, 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 somebody else was complaining um, that they just had someone call their studio and ask to speak to an exterior designer. And that they said they didn't need an architect, but they wanted somebody who only designs the exterior, what the only exterior of homes. What is so interesting is, I just had somebody contact us to do this because their architect up in the mountains is this older guy and he's just like, I'm just not, he even admitted, he's like, I'm not good at, I'm not good at like making stuff look pretty. I'm a utility kind of shop style architect, right? He knows his niche or whatever. So the client called me and was all this potential client and we should sign them I think today or, or Monday and he's like, is this even in your wheelhouse? Is this something you would even entertain? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, here's how much I would charge. Does that sound reasonable to you? And he goes, yeah, absolutely. That, that totally sounds reasonable to me. Yeah. And then, you know, let's say let's say it works out. Let's say it works out. So, like, I just, I just, like, I don't, I don't think, I, I just don't contend that the general public really doesn't know. The most, the most of the public doesn't know what an architect does. I just, it, it reminds me of, like, when we were in school and you'd go back home and, all the family were there and they're like, well, how's engineering going? Oh, I'm not an engineer. Or what do you build? Or like sometimes I'll go back now and, and they can say it now because we are builders too. But like before, like, what are you building? Like, well, I, I design them actually. I, I don't I don't really build them, right? Yeah. So it just reminds me of this. Like a lot of people have never worked with an architect. They might only do it one time in their life. So I think we got to start giving, we have to start giving the, we have to start giving the public a lot more slack and it's on us to tell the story of former clients through our work. And then that just explains what an architect does, right? You, you this, this is one t- thing I want to do on our website is I want to write a story for every single project and yep. talk, tell yep. the whole story about they, Oh, they came to the firm and here, here's what, here's what their problems were. Here's how we solved the problems. And then here's what they had to say about it afterwards to show them that like, it's all, it's all gravy and everything. It, it, it's, it echoes back to, uh, I've just, I've just been really impressed with Jeff Eccles' new podcast, building, building a better brand. It's part of the Entree Architect platform. Gap Gable, I think is what, what it is. Yep. That whole Remind thing. Remind me to bring up Southwest in my 
Yeah, so so he's he's going he's still going through Southwest. There are these little fifteen minute episodes, and that's that's where I got this idea about like how to separate your firm from being a commodity, because Southwest would just go above and beyond. Like this last episode, it was it was fantastic. They actually followed up with this with they had to cancel this gal's flight. Then they got her a rental car. Then they followed up after she got on her flight and she got home. They literally called her at her house and said, "How's your son doing?" Because it was like this health problem with their son. Yep. And she was like, that's a customer for life. You you just sold a customer for life. Yep. Right? Going back to, I, I probably in a couple of weeks, um, the Monday morning coffee, Patrick uh, McLeamy, who is the, was the CEO of HOK, right? So huge firm. He was talking about back in the day. I don't know when he went to school, but like maybe the 60s, maybe the 70s back then. And, and he said, you got to understand back then, that was the profession. Like that was the one, like it was above, uh, it was above lawyers. Like it was above engineers. Like you wanted to become an architect and he, that's what he wants us to go back to basically. Yeah. So, um, well, that's where you take control. I'm just telling you guys, like just, will you just either take a bigger role in the construction administration and seriously turn it to instruction management or, or, or take the design build leap. It's just, you want to make money. That's where that's where you do it. That's where you do it. Nobody's bulking at nobody's bulking at you know eighteen to twenty percent fees at least in Colorado for 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 and it's so. Um, I think it's actually been kind of easy to start converting our architecture projects into build projects because all what I'll do is I'll hint at it in the meetings and I'll say like, well, you know, if we end up building it for you too, and that you did their, their eyes light up. I mean, the amount of trust that they're putting in you and you just gain throughout that process. It's just like, I, I'm, we're not even competing with anybody. Yeah. We have, we're honestly like these last two editions haven't even competed with anybody. They just look at the numbers and they go, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's where it's at. Uh, okay. Complete was, open book too. Speaking of book, I'll give you a book suggestion. You should, it, it's four hours. It's easy. It's the lean builder, a builder's uh, guide to applying lean tools in the field. And what's hilarious about it is like, we probably should have read this book before doing this. Probably because it's, it's a, it's a bigger one where the homes are more simple and you don't want to like overburden it. But there were some things in there that like, I literally in my car today was laughing out loud. I was like, Oh, we made that mistake. He's like the eight deadly mistakes that builder makes. I'm like, yep, yep. We did that. We did that. Um, but because I think I'm going to have one of our guys read that book and just if you need a suggestion, people, if you, let's say you do want to get in the building and you're like, how do I do this? There you go. There's your book suggestion. You can start off with that, implement those tools, make it easier on yourself. So you actually make that profit. Heck yeah, sir. Okay. What's up, Chad? Uh, I know I have a new Chad story. Okay. And I can say that because, uh, in a previous episode, there was this gentleman named Chad, huge legal trouble. He's all over the paper and this, I, I, there's a lot of lessons learned. Well, I'm going to call him New Chad, okay? I'm not going to name name this other guy because he, he hasn't technically gotten the paper and caused all kinds of problems with with clients. But I want to reassure everybody, especially if there's any new listeners, and I know we have new listeners uh, with all of the other things we've been doing lately, about um, trusting your gut when you walk into and have that first meeting with a potential client and something's off. So the story is, is I went to a little town, uh, was called into a, uh, a meet and greet that this, with this gentleman, he had, he bought a very old hotel. It was like a, from the turn of the century. And we, I walked through it with him and I know, you know, there's a lot of work being done. The first thing was, you know, was 
the, it was basically gutted. The whole thing was gutted. It was a three-story building, wanted to turn it into this eight-bedroom boutique hotel. And there's a with all this demo work going on, and you know, I asked him about the about the. Did you, get, did you get a demolition permit? Yeah, yeah, I got a demolition permit. And as we're walking through all the spaces, I'm noticing, wow, these are new footers. Oh, new retaining wall in the basement. Wow, it's a lot of columns. What's up with the steel you got going on? <laughs> Holy cow, there's a lot of headers in here. Wow, those are LVLs that are sistered into the existing one, in, into the existing old, fully dimensional lumber. Before before we went to you know true one one you know uh, one and a half inch by by three and a half inch two by fours, and the guy turns to me and looks me straight in the eye and he goes he goes oh yeah that was all here all all this stuff was all here I oh, mean it's just LVLs. like LVLs yep the LVLs the they LVLs sister themselves that's uh, space technology space technology thank you Elon Musk <laughs> you are crushing it not only, yeah not only are you kicking butt with these ventilators man you are just putting them in place it's amazing yep. technology it's twenty twenty L. 2020, Q2 of 2020. Yep. So anyways, red flag alert. <laughs> red flag alert. Elon Musk was not here. Elon Musk. <laughs> we walked the whole building. I And to be fair to this man, the craftsmanship was was good. I don't, I actually think most of what he put in, there was even wide flanges he put in. And I'm like, so, you know, at one point I asked him, I asked him, well, did you have, he It does admit like some of the stuff that he did, right? These retaining walls in the basement and stuff. And I'm like, well, so what engineer are you working with right now? Oh, I, I, I've just been doing this for 10, 20 years. I, I just do it. I just yeah. do it. Oh, okay. I'm like, all right. Have a, have, I, it, is a, it is a good meeting. Well, what's great is like, you could be like, yeah, I believe you, but the city doesn't. <laughs> but the city doesn't. But the city doesn't. So if you are in one of those meetings and it just seems wishy-washy, do not be afraid and you should do this. Call the city and ask them, hey, and ex- introduce yourself. Tell them where you just came from, and uh, and and then just ask them what is the status of this project, like what paperwork has been done with this so far. Turns out there was a there was a demo permit. However, they saw all the things they saw some of the things I saw, and then said stop, and then they red flagged it, and then that's why I got called in because there was drawings that were needed, right? Yep. Well, there was so I got I talked with I talked with the just. Just the um, the office manager uh, gal, and then she pointed me to the building official. Then she pointed me to uh, the planner, and I call both of those guys next. And the building official, I because she said this little town they don't have a, a commercial checklist yet, so okay. they don't you, they don't know exactly what. But I described the work and everything. She said I think you need to talk to the building official because it sounds like there's so much work going on. This is more than just a tenant improvement project. This is a full-blown new construction. Like, because it's he's affecting o- over 50% of the building. Hmm. So they're yep, going to sure. treat it as a majority new build. So I called the building official. Sure enough, he confirmed everything that I was, my, my suspicions. Um, and and those were, you know, oh, we're going to need, a, we're going to need a full engineered set of drawings. Every kind of engineer you can think of for building that we typically do. Then I got a hold of the planner and the planner said, oh yeah, well, actually because, because, because there's been so many offenses, uh, with this project, and he just won't play ball. Now, now we're going. It's going to be a very scrutinous uh, type of site plan review process. And I'm like, okay, I'm glad I called you. <laughs> right, bees. You might not know that going in. You might go in, give this guy, hey, all I'm going to do is, I'll, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to look over this stuff. It's going to be 400 bucks. And yep. all of a sudden, Sydney's like, nope. You're you're coming to meetings. We're scrutinizing well, everything. Yeah. You want I'm going to play dumb. What is the risk, Al? 
if I just do that yeah. on me taking that leap? Just like without talking to the city? Yes. Just, um, there, there's a couple. One, you, you could just be wrong and it, he could be missing something that structurally endangers people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, two, it can ruin your um, relationship, not like commercially, which I mean like, this guy is now mad at you because you find out these things, right? So now he gives you a bad review. Plus you lost money. Plus you lost time, which is your livelihood. And then the third one, now the city doesn't trust you. Now the city doesn't trust you. And I tell you every three months I go, just got another project because someone walked into Lakewoods and, and saw our drawings. <laughs> it's the, it's, it's just, it's honestly, it's been, oh, Arvada has been doing that to us too. They, and, and <laughs> as much as we complain about bureaucrats, I think we, I think we, I think it's more of not the bureaucrats, individualists themselves. I think it's the bureaucracy in general is our problem, the system and the muddiness of it. Yep. Because we do get along with like, even in our town where we operate, it's a very cordial, friendly, friendly relationship. And like, we can ask them questions all the time. I can walk in there, glad hand them. They know who I am. They know who Al is. They're so flexible. Yeah. They're so flexible to work with us. Right. Responsive. And all of that. So yes, Alex, I'm glad I played dumb. You, you, you walked right into it. That's exactly walked what I was saying. Hey, it's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. Do we have to stop in one minute? Because we still got things to do. No, we're, we're good. We keep keep going with this podcast. Okay. So you guys are in for a treat. So here was, here's the cherry on the top, right? The cherry on the top was after I, when I, at the end of my conversation with the planner, then I said, is it, I'm going to call him Peter. His sure. name is not Peter. Peter. Can I go in, can I, on the behalf of the owner, call for a email about a uh, pre-application meeting? First step, step number was zero. Yep. And I got some flack about this online that uh, people should have said, people, some people thought that I should do what you, when you were playing dumb, like, oh, I go in there and I charge $400 and then all of these problems happen after that, right? Like I'm just going assuming instead of, instead of doing the pre-application meeting, Sitting around a table with a bunch of officials. Oh, some people thought that was okay? Yes. Ooh, Just, questionable. Exactly. Some think, people uh, also wear their mask in their cars, and I think that's kind of crazy. But By themselves, I don't know. <laughs> or on a bike, I don't get it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Here we are, 2020. 2020, what a time. So, uh, <laughs> so I went out, so I emailed. I emailed the planner. I said, hey, I would like to, uh, I would like to set up the pre-application for this. Here's the times I can do it. Copy the owner. Copy the building official. Uh, who else did I copy? One other person. Um, oh, and then I copied the gal that I talked to at the at the town originally, just so everybody was on on the uh, on the email chain. I knew this would be a checkpoint for this person because I have seen owners actually go, "All right, I'll play ball." Then you could, you know what I mean, and then bam, we like, like set a, a reality check. Like yes, okay, I'm in the process now. Yep. Got to go through the bureaucracy. Got to do it. No way around it. Yep. It didn't turn out like that, right? No. He actually gave me a call. Actually gave Al a call, <laughs> which was weird, but not to complain, but be- I just think he, he maybe needed, not the he brightest. He needed an architect. Needed an architect, right? Yeah. So we went back and forth a few times in the email, and then it all shook out, and we are not doing business together. Yeah. And we and I literally said in one of my emails um, at the at the end of it, I said, uh, let's see here. I'm glad we dodged this liability bullet. Good luck. All right. Yep. So don't even, so the last thing is, even in this very uncertain economic time, 
Don't take on work that you don't feel good about doing when you have a gut feeling about it. Don't stress yourself because just think about how much trouble it could put you in yeah. and how much bigger the problem could be. There's going to be more work. Yeah. Just You just don't take on more than you, you don't need to. Yep. Cool. Cool. All right. Good story. Hey, I got a pretty new big chat. Qu- <laughs> new chat. Got a pretty big question for you, right? Yeah. So I read a good amount of business books. A lot of them talk about company culture. Company culture is so important. Got to have that company culture. What is company culture to you? I want to explore this topic because I think that we can help people here. And, and, and I'm going to ask you questions along the way, but here's the first one. What is company culture? I think, I think company culture is when um, the fun comes effortlessly. And if the fun can be coincidental with the work, so they go hand in hand and it, it comes organically and easily. I, we've talked about this before in the sense that like, I'm not sure. I think you, it's sort of like the, when the government does a good job at something about business where they're, they're, they're creating the environment for businesses to thrive, right? Like Sweden actually does a really good job of this. Sure. Low, low, very low corporate tax rates, very low regulations, easy to start our startup a business. You're creating a good environment for it. I think that's the biggest thing. That's the first thing you need to do if you want to do a company culture is you just need to create the flexibility in the environment for that to, for that to, for that to start, grow, and then flourish. Okay. I like that answer. I feel like that's one answer and there's a bunch of good answers around there. And you kind of use the idea of from a culture you went to an environment, right? But different companies will have different cultures and different environments. How, how do you know if you're making the right one? Like what actual policies or decisions do you actually have to make a uh, culture, right? And it's, I'm telling you, all these business books always say it, but it, it, it's sort of like, your answer was good, but it's still aloof. Like, okay. It is aloof. It is aloof, right? Yeah. So, so how can we understand that better, right? And the first thing is like, we, we know that there are cultures in general. There's German cultures, there's California cultures, there's Iowa cultures, there's Chinese culture. Like there is this thing called culture, right? And normally in a nation or society, it's how you deal with people. But what a company does is, okay, how you deal with people, but how you deal with problems is really important too, right? Mm -hmm. So I think there needs to be a forcing function to define what your company culture is and, and, and maybe just how it's created. And if you understand how your company culture is created, maybe you can examine if you have the right culture or not. Yeah. Right? So here's my idea. Let me know what you think about it. The forcing function of your company culture is your culture is a byproduct of how you first successfully solved your first client's problems Hmm. plus your personality. Now, let me give you some examples to see if this flushes out. Southwest, their first customers were, I'm going from Dallas to San Antonio, from San Antonio to Houston. I'm a business traveler. I'm a regular business traveler, and I do my flight is only a couple hours. So what, what is Southwest? They're like simple, easy, straightforward. They only have three planes today. They only have three types of planes today, right? They only have certain uh, routes. When you come in, to your, you don't even have your seat. You just get on the plane as you get on the plane, right? So their culture plus Herb Kelleher, he was a fun guy. So they do all these fun things and they have these stories, right? Mm-hmm. But their first customer 
made their business structure different than every other airline. Every other, because it was about this one type of person. And then and then Southwest realized, oh, other people will enjoy a solution that fits that customer. Simple, easy, money back. You know, like Southwest, you get your money back so simple. It's easy. Just, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't make it. Okay, great. Here's your money back. Spend it some other time, right? Yep. And it's all about that first customer plus the personality. Here's another one. Who was Amazon's first customer? I have no idea. People who wanted to buy books. Yeah. How did he oh, successfully sell right. it? Right. Yeah. Yep. It was, we have the most amount of books you could ever want. That's what book people love. And we'll get them to you really fast. That first customer, then then Amazon says, I wonder if anyone else wants a lot of selection and gets it very fast. And they just moved into item after item after item after item. And repeated it, yeah. Yep. Look at F9. Let's take it to architecture. What was our first customers? It was, oh, we're not going to have these big, huge houses, rich people. We're going to have a bunch of people. How do we make a system? Mm-hmm. Right? How do we make a system so that we can produce for this? What does F9 still do? We still have a very efficient system. Very, yep. Right? And our personalities come out. We still make things fun. So, like, if you're struggling to define culture, think about, because different businesses can have different approach. Who was your first client that you really successfully solved? And then how does that apply to your strategy? Plus your personality, that's your company culture. Mm -hmm. That's the key, though. Because I think it's so hard to define it, but when you look at your roots and how you solve that, then you can see maybe how to improve it, maybe go on the same track, or maybe just come to an aha moment. Oh, this is our culture. We're efficient, fun firm, and we're like that because that's how we were successful in the beginning. Now take that, and then you can expand it. Does this apply to someone else? Does this apply to richer people? Does this apply in the uh, commercial industry? Does this apply to buildings? Do When you make a building, do you want a systemized way to do it that's also fun? Yeah. Just like Southwest took their main approach and applied it everywhere. I like it, Al. You like that? I love it. Yeah. That's probably the, that's probably one of the best ways I've ever heard anybody break that down. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I, well, I, and, but I like the analogy of uh, Amazon probably the best that they solved the one problem and, but, but they, but it was still categorically applicable to other ones, right? Because then you're just taking another item yep. and making a system. Yep. Just like, that. so Eric Reinhold's 30 by 40, he, he does a personal touch and he focuses on a client. And, and that's what he's going to do for residential design. But if he wanted to, he could say, oh, that's my culture. If I wanted to go into another area, that's what I have to do. If I want to go into hospitals, I have to have a personal touch. You know, one person, like one project at a time. And that's how I'm going to expand that way. Yeah. It wouldn't work if he tried to put our culture in his. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, tell me about... Tell me about uh, this next item. What are we talking about next now? Oh, we suggested to, to students that, hey, look outside architecture, yeah. look into construction. But we said things move so fast that we don't know where things are going. I do think if things keep calming down, firms should be hiring in about a month, right? But the problem is people graduate on like May 6th. Yeah. Right, Denver's still closed down until May eighth. Mm-hmm. No one's really hiring. Right, um, this is it's Lambda School. Mm-hmm. That was the one I was thinking about that teaches you code and teaches you code. And for free. let me spell it out for everybody: Lam, L A M B D A. 
school. Yep. That's what you're looking for. Go take a look at that. Take a look at that. I hope it helps you out. I think we got a word from somebody special. Is Nick. It, is it it's Nick? Nick Nick Reed. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading. My second story is about love and loss. I was lucky. I found what I loved to do early in life. Waz and I started Apple in my parents' garage when I was 20. We worked hard, and in 10 years, Apple had grown from just the two of us in a garage into a $2 billion company with over 4,000 employees. We just released our finest creation, the Macintosh, a year earlier, and I just turned 30. And then, I got fired. How can you get fired from a company you started? Well, as Apple grew, we hired someone who I thought was very talented to run the company with me. And for the first year or so, things went well. But then our visions of the future began to diverge, and eventually we had a falling out. When we did, our board of directors sided with him. So, at 30, I was out. And very publicly out. What had been the focus of my entire adult life was gone. And it was devastating. I really didn't know what to do for a few months. I felt that I'd let the previous generation of entrepreneurs down. That I had dropped the baton as it was being passed to me. I met with David Packard and Bob Noyce and tried to apologize for screwing up so badly. I was a very public failure and I even thought about running away from the valley. But something slowly began to dawn on me. I still loved what I did. The turn of events at Apple had not changed that one bit. I had been rejected but I was still in love. And so, I decided to start over. I didn't see it then, but it turned out getting fired from Apple was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. The heaviness of being successful was replaced by the lightness of being a beginner again. Less sure about everything. It freed me to enter one of the most creative periods of my life. During the next five years, I started a company called Next, another company called Pixar, and fell in love with an amazing woman who would become my wife. Pixar went on to create the world's first computer animated feature film, Toy Story, and is now the most successful animation studio in the world. In a remarkable turn of events, Apple bought Next. I returned to Apple, and the technology we developed at Next is the heart of Apple's current renaissance. And Loreen and I have a wonderful family together. I'm pretty sure none of this would have happened if I hadn't been fired from Apple. It was an awful tasting medicine, but I guess the patient needed it. Sometimes life hits you in the head with a brick. Don't lose faith. I'm convinced the only thing that kept me going was that I loved what I did. You've got to find what you love. And that is true for your work as it is for your lovers. Your work is going to fill a large part of your life. 
And the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking. Don't settle. As with all matters of the heart, you'll know when you find it. And like any great relationship, it just gets better and better as the years roll on. So keep looking until you find it. Don't settle. Stay hungry. Stay foolish. An excerpt from Steve Jobs' commencement speech at Stanford in 2005. I'd like to wish my daughter Grace a happy seventh birthday. Love you, baby girl. Toodles! Oh, cool. I liked it. Happy birthday. um, Can we examine what we just talked about? Apple's culture? Yes. And how... So... What was the thing that Apple originally did with like the, their first computers, right? So they made a uh, a great user interface. GUI. Yep. Yep. They were the first ones with that, with an awesome form factor. Like even even if you didn't like it, like their Macs. You remember those those round things, those Mac. They were colored, like, right? And then they had a utility, right? Because they had that great form factor. You could do more things. You know, now if you think about it, it's a lot of music editing, a lot of Photoshop, things like that. But that computer, the first customer. Great user interface, awesome form factor. Now they go, oh, I wonder if all these people that are downloading music into their pockets, if they want something, and we'll call it the iPod, that has a great form factor, a great utility, and a great user interface. Yes. Yes. Then, oh, all these people walking around with these stupid looking phones, I wonder if they want a better form factor and a better user interface with that that has a great utility. Yes. Right? Same thing with the iPad. Right? So... That first customer, I think, just defined, you know, kind of the, the three areas where they excel at. And, and that's why I think the, the watch is failing, right? It's an okay form factor. It's more, more user interface, but that utility, like, I mean, it monitors your heart, I guess. Some people like it, but it hasn't taken off like the other ones. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't have all three at such a high level like the other ones did. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm with you. Any last words, Al? Yeah, go NDSU. <laughs> NDSU, why? What are they doing? <laughs> Playing Oregon first game. Oh so, wow, yeah. You know that's coming up in like four months, so they need they need all the help they they can get. Yeah, that's uh, uh, that's a big one. That's a tough one. Other than that, check out our sponsors. They do help sponsor us, which helps us keep talking to you. So if you enjoy this, uh, please help them out. That's Dell at dell.com forward slash inside the firm. Revit Rocket Ship helps support us directly. I, I know Arcat does. It's a great resource for everyone. So that's all I got. Share this episode, share some episode with a friend, a colleague, your mom. Doesn't matter. We'll talk to you next week.